0: financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716 716- 630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome back to Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. We're joined now by the fantasy guru and masked vigilante at night. For CBS Sports, it's Dave Richard. He's a crime fighter at night and a fantasy deity during the day. Dave, thanks for joining
1: the show. You forgot to mention that I was a sexy oh a billionaire handsome billionaire. billionaire. Well. You also yes. wanted
0: me to say handsome billionaire. That's right. Yes.
1: So handsome food- billionaire,
0: mass vigilante at night. Well, that doesn't. You're just copying off of Batman, and I think you need to come up with
1: something a little more original. Dude, Batman's copying me. It's been that way for a long time. <laughs> you asked me how I wanted to be introduced for the show. I joked that that would be the case. And then uh, I think you were expecting me to be like, oh, no, call me Senior Fantasy Writer at cbsports.com. Follow him at Twitter at Dave Richard. And I just didn't say it. I Senior to Fantasy Creator. It. Uh, sort of, yeah. Create you your
0: own fantasy. You know, fantasy sports, really, we have drafts that have been going on. The Buffalo media draft is uh, tomorrow night at Riverworks. Feel free to come by and heckle us. Um, But uh, you are a fantasy creator. You are doing a choose-your-own-adventure on a weekly basis. Uh, What kind of lifestyle are you living these days as we head into the season? I'm sure this is peak Dave Richard territory, but then it never really stops because you always need to do the, the weekly matchups and the bi-week things and the waiver wire this and the, and the lookout for that um, trends and whatnot. But is this, is this peak Dave Richard season?
1: Yes, it, without question. Uh, my alarm went off this morning at 6 a.m., I was out the door at 7, 10 a.m. to take my daughter to school, dropped her off, went right into the office, uh, podcast at nine o'clock, getting ready for a live show. We do a live fantasy football show every day at noon Eastern on CBS Sports HQ. So participated in that until one o'clock. I uh, had a call after that. I'm, I'm doing an amazing podcast right now. Later tonight, I'll be doing Zoom calls with people who donated uh, incredibly generous sums of money to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital as part of our fantasy football draft-a-thon. Uh, and then I've got a radio spot in Seattle at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'll probably work until 10 p.m. Eastern. And then I force myself to shut down at 10 o'clock, go to bed repeat at 6 a.m. the next day. Uh, Labor Day weekend's coming up. People are going to be barbecuing, maybe going on a little vacation. I'm going to be writing up week one matchup details and getting people ready to set their lineups. That's always a fun part of the year, by the way, Tim, because everybody has focused so, so closely on, Oh, I got to get this guy in the draft and get that guy in the draft. And then week one comes and they've got a tough matchup and I got to tell them, yeah, you, you drafted this guy to be a starter on your team, but he's going to absolutely suck in week one because he's going up against the 49ers or he's going up against the Eagles, what have you. So that that's always going to be a, a a swell time, but it's nonstop in August. I really do not get many breathers in August. And frankly, that's the way I like it, man. I love football, love watching football. Uh, I think I watch more preseason football than anybody on the planet. And it's so I can have an edge in my fantasy leagues and so I can tell everybody who's willing to listen to me how they can have an edge in their leagues, too.
0: And let me give a plug for a show that's uh, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's Wednesday, uh, August 31st, if you happen to be listening on Wednesday. You're not listening to us on uh, Tuesday when this is uh, being recorded. Um, a draft-a-thon. CBS Sports is going to have a draft-a-thon involving Jim Nance, Debo Samuel, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, Chris Towers, Tara Roberts, Adam Iser, and, of course, Dave Richard, senior fantasy writer. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. That uh, So check it out on CBS Sports. Uh, That's tomorrow at 6 p.m. Dave, this is a Buffalo-centric audience here on Tim Graham and Friends. Awesome. So let's talk about these bills. Uh, They're going to get overdrafted, of course, uh, by most of my listeners in their leagues. Um, But unlike, say, five years ago, you are not walking into disaster by overdrafting your bills. If you, if you need Josh Allen on your team, it's not the same as really hoping that this was going to be EJ Manuel's year uh, or uh, thinking, man, I really love Fred Jackson and I need him on my team uh, is a little bit different than saying, maybe I'll take Stefan Diggs late in the first round or in the second. Uh, you're not, uh, you're not hurting yourself too much, but give us your overview on where the bills should be drafted. Not, necessarily by bills fans but globally where are where is the value
1: or where is the the um the appropriate place to draft these top three or four guys well first of all they're going to be a popular team to pick most people in fantasy they want players on the high-powered fun offenses when you think fantasy football you think fun the casual fantasy players they're looking for players that they know they've seen on tv and that are on teams that are good Buffalo is without question one of those teams. A lot of people uh, believe that they're a Super Bowl contender, myself absolutely included. I love this team on both sides of the ball. But I I think when it comes to fantasy football, you you are going to see them popular all over the place, even in New England, even in Miami. People want to win their fantasy leagues, so they look to the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to save Josh Allen for last because it's a special case with quarterbacks in fantasy football. And I want to start with Devin Singletary. I love the way that he finished last year. And I know that the Bills drafted James Cook and they tried to make a run at J.D. McKissick first. And it makes it sound like, yeah, they, maybe they don't love Devin Singletary that much. But I don't think they've got a complete back on the roster, particularly one who can make dudes miss like Devin Singletary can. Sean McDermott told me during the offseason that he, he brought the team a lot of energy and that he was a big focal point for what they wanted to do. He's not going to be the focal point they're not going to let Josh Allen hand off to Devin Singletary 25 times a game unless they're going up against a defense that's just absolutely terrible against the run. But I could see him getting some touchdowns that, you know, come at a pretty decent clip, man. He's going to be involved in what they do. He's not going to catch five passes a game, but he might catch two or three. And I think he's going to get the ball enough to be useful for his yardage. So I like him as a number two fantasy running back. That means that he's a starter, but not necessarily your best running back starter. So I like him. I like James Cook as a speculative pick in leagues where catches count. We call them PPR, points per reception. I think he's going to get a decent amount of work there, but I'm real unsure about how good he would be if he were pressed into action as the lead running back. Let's move to – let's get tight ends out of the way. Dawson Knox, really the the only tight end we're talking about. He'll be a late-round pick. Catches a lot of touchdowns. That's a good thing for fantasy football. Tight ends are done. Wide receiver. Well, you real, real quick
0: doing. on Dawson Knox, though, Dave. Oh, okay. He sure. did have a, what was what I think Bills fans would hope is a breakout year, but mm-hmm. the body of work suggests that. I mean, yes, you would love as a Bills fan to see him catch double-digit touchdowns every year, but from a fantasy standpoint, what is the the forecast uh, for a guy like that? Do you, get, do you do you go? How much I guess do you buy into the breakout part of it versus well, but he really had trouble with drops and he struggled a little bit before is is this maybe was it too much of a, an aberration perhaps? Uh,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's too much of an aberration, maybe a little bit, and we can kind of mesh that with wide receivers, especially when we talk about Gabriel Davis and what he's expected to do. But in terms of fantasy, you're looking for a tight end. If catches don't count, if he gets you 70 yards, or if he scores a touchdown, that that's a good floor. a tight end you want that to happen as a minimum for a tight end in ppr leagues you throw four catches on top of that that's 11 ppr points right seven points for the yardage if it's 70 yards four catches that's 11 my math is still good didn't even need a calculator for that one i think he's capable of doing that most weeks last year he averaged just under 11 ppr points per game and i the the strength of it was touchdowns but there are a lot of tight ends that's what they're good for He's just catching touchdowns. And I think Knox can do it. Here's the other thing about Knox. You're not going to draft him, or at least you shouldn't draft him. And I think Bills fans will agree with this one, Tim. They're not going to take him in round seven or eight. You know, just because he's on the Bills and you want to get, you know, your guys on your team, you're drafting with your heart. I don't think you reach for Dawson Knox in drafts. I think you kind of wait for him to fall to you, probably closer to round 10 or round 11. And there's a handful of tight ends on other teams that fall into that same spot that I might like better than Dawson Knox. But he's got that touchdown appeal, and that's why he will get drafted in every league, and it'll be
2: done by the time round 11 is over. Gotcha. And Austin Nate, Knox and Devin Singletary both in contract years as well, which portends mm, well for yep. fantasy seasons. Yep, And that's, that's the huge. one
0: thing, actually, you know, because Josh Allen has shown that he does do that, right? I mean, he's had guys in contract years that it'll he's helped pay. to get bonuses, or he there's like so uh, Stefan Diggs needed a bonus a couple of years ago if he had so many catches and he went into that game just feeding him. It's like, I'm going to get my man his bonus. Uh, so these guys, it, I, it, at least Josh Allen has shown an inclination to think about his teammates' paychecks uh, moving forward. So maybe there
1: is something to be said about that. That's a great point. Awesome. That means he's a great quarterback and a great teammate. Any right. teammate who, who helps somebody else get paid – that that's that's an A plus gold star. It's leadership team, right? right there. I mean, I don't know how what form
0: of leadership it is. If it's the if it's the utmost, but in the in professional sports, that certainly is a form of
1: leadership. Those guys are going to be buying Josh rounds of golf for the rest of his life in exchange for <laughs> hitting those bonuses. If he ever needs to pay for a round of golf again, yeah,
0: uh, that's true. Given uh, given his status, uh, Dave, uh, the receivers. I
1: cut you off as you were trying to head right in there uh, to uh, Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and those aren't the only two as you know tim i'm a big fan of another receiver in buffalo but let's focus on those two for now stefan diggs you can set your watch to uh, 150 or so targets i think he'll come close to that this year it might fall a little bit short but he's still going to get the most looks of any receiver in buffalo provided that he's healthy he's been a great fantasy asset ever since he went to buffalo and he's been a huge reason why josh allen has taken the step forward that he has it's a reliable target on intermediate throws It's the one trait that I see with quarterbacks when they move to that next level. They're hitting those intermediate throws, throws between 10 and 20 yards downfield. And Diggs was there from two years ago. He wasn't quite as much there last year, but still a good enough job. And I think fantasy managers are digging Stephon Diggs. He's going to be a late round one, early round two pick in every single draft. I would imagine in Buffalo, he will be a late first-round pick. Once you get to 10th overall, he's going to be fair game. Gabriel Davis has been one of my favorite breakouts since Super Bowl 55-and-a-half when when he had four touchdowns against Kansas City. And if you even take out that game from his last six overall, he was playing 70% of the snaps in those games. He was a starter for Buffalo in those games. He still had five touchdowns in those games. So his target share needs to go up. But that path has been cleared because he's clearly the number two wide receiver there and he's going to be a tall order to cover no pun intended because Diggs is on the other side so he's going to get plenty of looks from josh allen it could be a situation where if he's one-on-one pre-snap and josh knows he can get him the ball before the safety comes over the top he's going to get the target and if it's if it's anywhere you know i want to say the red zone but with josh it's it's more like inside the 35. If he's inside the 35 and gabriel davis is anywhere close to open in the end zone the ball's going there so he could be the one that impacts dawson knox in those touchdowns because he's a candidate for 10 touchdowns in fact we have a completely independent projections algorithm at cbs sports it's under our sports line crew and those are our like die hard data driven betting experts they're predicting 10 touchdowns for gabriel davis this year and i don't think it's out of the question if he can stay healthy, he should have a big year. Uh, He's gonna be a round five pick. I think in Buffalo, he'll be a round five pick, maybe an early round five pick, and in other drafts, he'll be a late round five pick. The last piece of resistance of the Bills receiving core is Isaiah McKenzie. I love the fit of him in the slot. He's never gonna see double teams, He's quicker than Cole Beasley Beasley's had at least 82 catches each of the last two seasons. And this is the other point that I wanted to make Tim and this is why this is one of the big reasons not the only reason of course but one of the big reasons why I went with McKenzie as my favorite sleeper of the year. Josh Allen has thrown a quarter of his targets each of the last two years to receivers who lined up in the slot that doesn't necessarily mean exactly Cole Beasley. It could also mean Stefan Diggs or even Gabriel Davis when they lined up in the slot but a quarter of those targets went there over the last two years. And lo and behold, Josh Allen's best two years have happened in part because of that. And now they've got a flashy guy who can fill that role. I know he's got the hamstring right now. You tell me, Tim, I I don't think it's gonna end up being something that costs him significant playing time. I know he didn't practice on Tuesday when we're recording this, but Jamison Crowder, who's his competition, he was in street clothes, also not practicing on Tuesday. I thought that was rather interesting. I think McKenzie heals up. And I think he goes out there. I, I drafted him in, in a league with other analysts today in round 11, and I was thrilled. I'm going to put him on my bench to begin the season, and I bet by the end of the season, I'm starting him every single week. Yeah, Bills fans were excited about Jamison Crowder because
0: of the plug-and-play aspect of this guy will replace Cole Beasley, or at least that was the belief, just because that's what you think during free agency of, all right, we lost Cole Beasley, Cool. Jamison Crowder, but take a look at Jameson Crowder's stats. He's he's no great shakes. I mean, it's yes, he's a name, and he has you know maybe been on your fantasy teams in the past. Maybe he gets you through a, a bye week or something like that. But Jameson Crowder, uh, it is is it doesn't offer what Isaiah McKenzie does. He's developing and has been developing within this system for a few years, and I think where the Bills are excited, um, the plus side of Isaiah McKenzie over Cole Beasley is the yards after the catch possibility because Cole Beasley would make a catch and he's tackled uh, because that's just kind of the way he played. He was all about the possession receiver type thing. Isaiah McKenzie with that speed and he's slick. Uh, and I think you get him on some crossing patterns to the point where he can actually get those coveted yards after the catch um, that, um, that that the
1: Bills have been missing. Do you know how many touchdowns he had out of the slot in 2020? I, I don't, I don't have I don't, not the breakdown. What, what are, five more than anybody yeah. else on the bills that was in 2020. So I, I, I kind of, and he was a part-time happened. player then too, Dave. I mean, he yeah. was, he was not on the field a lot. Yep. So I kind of wonder what happened in 2021. Maybe it was just Beasley was there and they, they felt like obligated to put him in that role because what else do they do with Cole Beasley if he doesn't play in the slot? But I, I think the door's wide open. I'm very excited about McKenzie.
2: The Bills seemed like they didn't trust Isaiah McKenzie last year to replace Cole Beasley. He really only got significant action when Cole Beasley was out, but it does seem like that dynamic has changed coming into this season.
0: Yeah, whether it was stuff off the field or you know, McKenzie would have issues with drops or a, a muff or something like that and got ended up in the doghouse, but it seems as though uh, that the Bills have clearly come around on him. Um,
2: Dave? Um, Can I ask Dave? Related to all of the Bills receivers, but maybe most specifically to McKenzie, do you have any concerns about volume of targets? Because the Bills have more weapons this year, especially in the passing game. They've added O.J. Howard, James Cook, the guys that fill roles that they didn't have last year. Dawson Knox splits out wide. Do you think there just might be too many mouths to feed for these guys to really realize their fantasy potential as individuals?
1: Well, how many targets did Cole Beasley actually have last year? I know he caught 82 passes, so the number's got to be over 82. I think the number's probably in the mid 100s. It's actually. Give me a second to look it up. I got it. I got it. It's oh, 112. You do have it. 112, and he played in, in 16 games. So if if Mackenzie were to play 17 games, he would ostensibly be close to 120 targets. That's the number that you look for from a wide receiver that isn't an elite tier wide receiver. Like if I, if I if, you want I opportunity, you, right? Um, if, I, if I were to tell you that Diggs was only going to get 120 targets, you'd say, oh, that's it? That, that's bad. But if I were to tell you that Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie was going to get 120 targets, you'd say, oh, that's good. So it really kind of depends on just how many opportunities you get. And I, I, I'm i I'm telling you, I think it's, it's there for the taking. Josh Allen is going to throw the ball 600 plus times. What's a quarter of 600 passes? Uh, 150 passes. That's what's going to the slot receiver. They're not all going to go to McKenzie. But the majority of them will, as long as McKenzie is healthy and he keeps the job and he doesn't drop the ball at any point. And I don't think he will. I think he's going to be really good.
0: What's your take on Josh Allen in the context of the entire league and where he should be slotted, given what he does running? And it's now going to be four years in a row where... The forecasters or the analysts or even scouts, I mean, I'm not even talking from a fantasy standpoint, coaches, people who anybody who's been within sniffing distance of the NFL says he's got to run less. And yet he always has more rushing yards than he did the year before. I'm not saying he's going to go for 900 this year, but that's all. That's the one thing that's in the back of your mind. Right. As a as a fantasy forecaster is like, is he going to rush for 400 yards this year or is he going to run for 600 Um, You know, he's going to get his rushing touchdowns, uh, but I guess he's, where is he with, with the Aaron Rodgers and the, the, the Patrick Mahomes in terms of what he can do in different ways versus uh, the volume that, that you get with some of these
1: other guys in terms of yards and touchdown passes. He's the perfect fantasy quarterback, Tim, because he can do anything and everything. Now, remember, when it comes to fantasy football, the, the more stats you can gather, the better you are. So for Josh It's like diversifying your, your, your portfolio. portfolio.
0: Exactly. If he's having, if, if the, if the pass defense just happens to have the Bills number that day, well, then he'll run for 80 in and in a touchdown maybe.
1: Which, if that same defense were to play against Tom Brady, he'd he'd be playing the New Orleans Saints, is basically what it would be, because the Saints have had Brady's number. Brady doesn't run, so he doesn't offer that same type of statistical upside that Josh Allen has. Josh Allen, he's one of those few quarterbacks where it feels like you're starting a quarterback and a running back at the same time. And you, you get that out of, you get that a little bit out of Justin Herbert. You get that out of Lamar Jackson for sure. You're going to get that out of Jalen Hurts for sure. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, those guys should be able to contribute to a degree like that. But there's no one who does it as well and as consistently as Josh Allen does it. And we're, we're entering a weird time in fantasy because the NFL is doing a good job of, or at least the coaches are doing a good job of diversifying who gets the football. You've got so many teams that use two or three running backs. Buffalo could be one of those teams. They use three running backs in a week. Two of them might not get it as much as the third, but you get my point. Wide receivers, kind of the same thing. Buffalo's got three receivers. They're going to spread it out so that all three guys get fed. A lot of other teams will have three, four, five pass catchers who get involved. I should have just said four for Buffalo. I can't forget about Dawson Knox there. Teams are going to do that. And so I think there might be a little bit more instability from week to week for a lot of players at every position but it's not gonna be that way at quarterback. And because of that, I think there's legitimate reason to be interested in drafting somebody like Josh Allen maybe earlier than where he would go previously. I say all that knowing that in the majority of leagues that get drafted at friend's houses and basements and bars and bowling alleys, Josh Allen's gonna be a first round pick. He's gonna be a first round pick in 80% of the leagues in the Buffalo area for sure. I don't know if I can get on board with that if you only start one quarterback. If he's the first quarterback off the board, I agree with it. He's my number one, and I think he's going to score more fantasy points per game than anybody in the National Football League. That's why he's a perfect quarterback. But there are so many other good quarterbacks. I just named a bunch of them, and that's without naming Mahomes, who runs a little bit, but he throws a lot. Brady, who's a 5,000-yard candidate. Russell Wilson is, is now on board in Denver. I think he's going to throw. Kyler Murray, how could I forget about Kyler? That's another quarterback who runs and throws. He's a quarterback and a half. So if, if you feel like you're reaching to take a quarterback when you could get a player at another position who is reliable for you, and I think that there are a lot, there's enough of them to go around through the first three rounds. So maybe if you get to round four and Josh Allen is somehow still there, great. But if someone takes Josh Allen in round one, you shouldn't feel like, oh, my season's over. I didn't get Josh Allen. Forget that. You're going to be able to find a quarterback later on that will still score you fantasy points. And you took a player at another position who theoretically would get you plenty of fantasy points when someone else in your league took the quarterback position, the position that's deep, the position that has so many other players involved that you can wait on it and still get really good value. That's what you're looking for when you draft a quarterback is good value. Round one on Josh Allen is not good value.
2: Do you prefer leagues that start one quarterback or two quarterbacks or super flex? What's your take on that?
1: I'm good with any of them. It it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I just take advantage of the depth at quarterback in a one quarterback league. Uh, that gets flipped on its head though when you're talking super flex or two QB leagues. Super flex leagues, they're they're basically two QB leagues. Everybody wants to start a quarterback in their super flex. And and for those that don't know, the super flex means you could start a running back a receiver, a tight end or quarterback in that spot. And it's a cool way to get quarterbacks involved. Now in those leagues, gentlemen, I would take Josh Allen, not just in round one, I would take him first overall. I wanna get those quarterbacks on my team as fast as I possibly can. I know that I'll be able to get good values at other positions later on. Josh Allen is the best one. Let's make the Venn diagram and the two circles. And in the middle, that's Josh Allen at 101. In those types of formats, um, your top two or three sleepers, Tim, I got a list of thirteen sleepers. Do you
0: really want to? <laughs> okay, as fast as you want to go through them, I may interrupt you with a question or two. But um, I know that uh, this is this is the this is what makes the fantasy uh, researchers drool, right? I mean, we can mm-hmm. look at the list of who did what last year. And uh, you know, maybe even look at some roster changes, some depth chart things. But when the fantasy experts are going to give you their sleepers, when a man who could sit on his trust fund, his billion-dollar trust fund, while fighting crime at night in a mask, no less, because you don't want to, you know, out yourself, but a guy who chooses to do this—he doesn't have to because he's independently wealthy—wants to give you his sleepers, you listen. And so I I yield the floor. Which position would you like first, Tim? Let's go with all right. So and th- I guess uh, for selfish reasons, the position that I'm always looking for late in the draft is a running back, because I generally let them sit there for a little bit, and I end up getting missing out on the guys who I did have value on. That just seems to be a recurring theme for me every year. Sure. Um, sure. And
1: I just I'm always looking for running back sleepers late in the draft. And keep in mind, these are sleepers, not breakouts. Breakouts like AJ Dillon, Damian Pierce, or Chase Edmonds—that's my way of getting them in there. And telling that's you right, that they're good breakout picks. All right, sleepers. We're talking picks late on draft day. Khalil Herbert in Chicago, I think, makes the cut. Raheem Mostert in Miami. I, everybody looks at him and they say he's made out of glass. Well, use him while you can because he's going to be fast, and the Dolphins are going to use him a bunch. Kenyon Drake is now on the on the sleeper list, at least for the beginning of the season because we don't know what's going on with J.K. Dobbins, and he's the best running back that the Ravens have right now on the roster, and also Zamir White in Las Vegas with the Raiders. I like Josh Jacobs, but I like him in round five, and I've been getting him in round five. This is the guy behind Josh Jacobs and the guy that the current coaching staff picked in the draft, and he's a good runner. I loved him out of Georgia. When do you
0: view, just as a philosophical question, what are the sleeper rounds? You just mentioned a sleeper to take in the fifth round. That seems maybe a little too early to take a sleeper. Well,
1: the sleepers that I mentioned in the fifth round, those are Dylan, Damian Pearson, Chase Edmonds. Those are break, right? Those are breakout guys. But right, right, I right. guess from these sleeper territory, is that like your last few picks, like before you yes, draft your yes, defense yes. and your kicker? Right. I mentioned I would take Josh Jacobs in the fifth round. Jacobs is in the sleeper. Everybody knows who he gotcha. is. Okay. We're talking one of your last <clears throat> three or four picks. That's, I misheard. That's, that's what you do. One of your last three or four picks. Gotcha. Okay. So those All are right. the running backs receivers. I already told you about McKenzie. He's my favorite on the planet. Uh, Russell Gage has fallen into sleeper territory in Tampa Bay. Christian Watson, the rookie in Green Bay. Wandale Robinson, the rookie in New York with the Giants. And this one's a special just for the dynasty leaguers out there, the people who are looking for a keeper, maybe with their last pick. Kyle Phillips of the Tennessee Titans is the next Hunter Renfro. In the National Football League. Phillips with one out, by the way. And those are guys you can bank on. You can I bank so. on those guys. I think so. Worst case scenario, you're taking them with one of your last picks, and if they suck, you cut them, you move on. Right. Right. That's it. What about tight uh, ends? Tight ends. Logan Thomas, remember him in Washington?
2: Well, he's back. former
1: Buffalo Bill quarterback. Yes, that's exactly right. Now oh, wait, was a he a quarterback
0: end. or was he only a tight end, Jonah?
2: He was only a yeah, tight end. He ended. played a little bit of both. He was an emergency quarterback, but he was also a tight end. Right. What about Tyree Jackson? The whole time.
0: <laughs> Former University at Buffalo quarterback Tyree Jackson. Is he on your list? He is tight not on end? the list. Uh, I believe, I believe he's on
1: the Eagles' uh, pup list or NFL yeah, list. Yeah, he's, he's banged up. I did see him in person. The Eagles were down here for a couple of practices against the Dolphins. I saw him in person. He is massive. He is a big human being. I wouldn't be surprised if he matters someday in fantasy football. Uh, Logan Thomas is good. David Njoku of the Browns is better. Evan Ingram of the, uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars, as long as he can hold on to the damn football, uh, I think he'd be good too. Here's a tip. When you're looking for a tight end late, and maybe this is why you steer away from Dawson Knox, try and pick somebody who has a chance to be first or second on his team in total targets. And that's what I love about Njoku. I think he's got a great chance to be second on the Browns in targets. I think he's going to get a lot of work. He's one of only two tight ends on the Browns. They used to carry like 17 tight ends. It was crazy. Now they only carry two, and he's the best one of the two. He's going to play a lot. And he, he, might, he might end up pulling a Dawson Knox a little bit and score more touchdowns than everybody thinks. He's probably my second favorite sleeper. Dave,
0: thank you for this. But before we let you go, I need to ask about what's behind you. Uh, who's your starting lineup character in there? Who's uh, your figure? Who we got?
1: This is Marshall Falk. I don't know if I can even reach it. I, I can reach it for you. Hold on. Uh, it is Marshall Falk's first starting lineup. I, I only put it in there because I needed something to look good in the, in the, uh, in the old bin. I think there's Sweet. dust coming off of it. But I was a huge Marshall Falk fan, and he was amazing for fantasy football once upon a time. So still in its original case, I bought it while I was in college, Tim, at the University of Miami and uh, in, in excellent condition minus the dust. I'll sell it to you for only 2,500 bucks. What do you say?
0: 2,500? Well let me check let me check my, uh, my broker and uh, I will find out what he thinks of that value. Um, yeah, Marshall Falk, uh, clearly, clearly a fantasy football Hall of Famer. No doubt. Absolutely. Now, who's what signatures are on your Cowboys helmet?
1: Well, it's only the the most popular of Dallas Cowboys players, Tim. It's Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Ryan Leaf and Curtis Enos. (laughs) All
0: right. Quick explanation before I let you go. How does this happen?
1: This happened because for three and a half years I was Gil Brandt's co-writer at NFL.com and I talked to Gil every single day. Gil is the former general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. He's in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And when I was done working for him and I moved on to be a fantasy writer at CBS Sports, it was one of his last parting gifts to me. My guess is that he had a 100 of them laying around his house. But at some point in, in 1998, when Peyton was a prospect, he probably went to Dallas, and Gil said, he, you know, in that drawl of his, hey, Peyton, why don't you sign this? And sure enough, it wasn't just Peyton. It was four of the top players in the draft. I think four of the top five players in the draft, actually. And uh, Gil gave it to me, and it, you, it's, you, it's amazing. Now you got to get Gil to sign it, I guess, right? Yes, yes. Have
0: Gil sign it, and then the story is then
1: full, I guess. It would be full. There would be three Hall of Famers on on the helmet, along with Ryan Leaf, who's a Hall of Fame guy. And you know, we we we. Who did the pause. Cowboys take that year? Oh goodness, In the first round. I don't even know. I'd have Whoever to that is,
0: maybe grab him. <laughs> I want the I want the helmet to be worth something, Tim. It is a one-of-a-kind, and I think that in general, with, before you told me the story, I'm like, oh, man, it, what a waste. You know, you got all those signatures <laughs> on there, but it doesn't – but you got the – Greg Ellis oh. uh, was drafted eighth overall. Um, so uh, so he, Greg he didn't even
1: have a chance to draft Curtis Enos. No. No way. They missed it. And then the other helmet is the team-signed 2001 national champion, Miami Hurricanes with Ken Dorsey on it with Bill's Ken offensive Dorsey. coordinator
0: Ken Dorsey. Oh, there's oh, a lot of man. Hall of Famers on that.
1: I right? was trying uh, a bunch of them. You know it. That team That's was That's a loaded. great. Now how when did you get that? I got it as a wedding gift from a bunch of my bros from college. Wow. So they they all pitched in and got me this thing when I got married in 2002. That's fantastic. And Dorsey's on there. Let's see. I don't know. You you do you even care to see it? Who cares? Right. It's just it's just a sign up. Well,
0: I've written about that team a handful of times because every time you mention Ken Dorsey's past, you have to talk about how loaded that team was. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's not only you've Hall of Ken. Famers, but just college, like le- Miami legends. Like Ken yes. Dorsey's not a Hall of Famer, but he is a Miami legend.
1: Absolutely. Uh, obviously. Absolutely. And he's not a psychopath.
0: Uh, as far as we know, <laughs> well, that's what As far he said. as we know, you can't be too sure these
2: days. Yeah. Dave Richard.
0: Yeah, I hope not, too. I I think that that would be uh, that would be a disappointment. (laughs) Dave Richard, senior fantasy writer for CBS Sports, billionaire, handsome, (laughs) which I don't need to say because you can see it right here if you're watching on YouTube and uh, masked vigilante at night. Um, I'm surprised that he decided to come forward with this on my podcast and not somewhere else. But there you have it. This is what he does in his spare time, and uh, he gets paid for it. Dave Richard, thanks for doing this. You got it, Tim. Always great to talk to you. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara communities through volunteer work and donations, and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2022 to help keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400 and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.